yo, yo, what's going on, everybody? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know what it is. This is Kevin from the Code Progression Podcast. Parts of MSOTD rocks or rock and metal thrive. Happy Thursday, everybody. It is the first day of October 2020. And my God, yeah, I've got another great band for you. So the SiriusXM Octane fan page, yep, when I asked them about this band, they posted about it. And they wanted to see it. So I'm like, you know what? Let's see if we can listen to them, see what happens, see if we can get them on. And bing, bang, boom, dirty groove rock it is. So this one, you guys will notice, this one went by really quickly. And honestly, you think we're going to need a part two? Well, find out after part one. So please welcome from Crobot, Chris. So are you guys ready? Because this one was a lot of fun. Let's go. Yeah. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Chord Progression Podcast, I have talked plenty of times about this serious XM Octane fan group that I'm a part of that I asked, hey, who's everyone listening to? And I think three or four people said, hey, check out Crobot, check out Crobot. So I'm like, you know what? It's time we check out Crobot. Let's see what these people are talking about. And I listened to it. And the first thing I thought was, yep, I'm trying to get these guys in the podcast. And bing, bang, boom, I got one of them. So please welcome <laughs> from the band Crobot. The guitarist and I believe backing vocals, as I saw on their bio. Please welcome Chris. So, Chris, welcome to Core Progression Podcast. Hey, man, what's up? Um, you know, not much. Just kind of shooting this. You know, we're a little bit in the in the, in the twilight of um of of a crisp fall day. I would say. I don't know. I mean, it was like seventy degrees out today. So, yeah, it was it was nice down here. It was uh it was raining, but it wasn't like a hundred degrees. Um, I'm in Austin, Texas, so it's been just scorching hot. Yeah, we're on opposite ends of the country. Well, not like east, west, north, south, because you're middle of Texas, further south. I'm southeastern part of Wisconsin, so I'm kind of up there where it can get. Where over the weekend it was like well, forty degrees out, and all of a sudden today I was like, eh, it's like gonna be seventy two, seventy three. Eh, we'll see what happens. Um, our uh, our drummer's from Madison, Wisconsin, actually. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, he lives in Austin now. I, I met him in Austin, but uh, yeah, originally from Madison, so. Every time we we go up there, we like you know we play Taste of Madison a couple times, but his his family comes out. It's sweet. I have to make sure I keep my eye on that once uh, live shows start coming back because I'm I mean like, I'm I, when I drive Madison, I'm an hour and fifteen minutes away. I say yeah, an hour and fifteen minutes away if I'm the one that's driving because well, I'm like Ricky Bobby. I want to go fast, so it's uh, kind of just scoot on over there. But I've been to a good good amount. I've been, I'll put it this way: I've tried to go to a good amount of shows in Madison, but it seems like more often than not, when I go there, shows get canceled. Yeah, yeah. Um, I forget where we played the last time we were there. I think it was Taste of Madison was the last time, but we we do like is Ringle. Where's Ringle to you? Do you even know where that is? It's a small Ringle. Small. We play this place. Uh, Q, Q and Z Expo in Ringle, and it is just awesome. It's in the middle of nowhere, but um, it's a lot of fun. I think it's like not too far outside of Madison. I'm gonna pull it up um, right now so I can just take a look. See, because oh yeah, it is. It is small. It's off of Highway 29, so that must be further north. Yeah, it's pretty cool though, man. Oh, like, okay. Uh, it looks like it's about maybe maybe 10, 15 miles east of Wausau which is like north northern okay. central wisconsin okay because on uh early september uh two, two bands that i've interviewed beforehand christian rock one is a christian new metal band called relent another one's uh christian rock band called the protest they were playing up 40 miles west of wasa i have no idea i can't remember what the name of the town was they were playing at some like 
local winery. And I'm like, well, I want to show my support. I miss live shows and I want to show my support for these bands. So I'm going to drive the three and a half hours up there. And then all of a sudden drive the three and a half hours back in the middle of the night because, well, that's what we got to do to support these bands. Yeah. 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 No, I, anytime I can play at a winery, I'm totally down. <laughs> Unfortunately, I did not have any of the wine because I'm not really the biggest kind of a wine guy. I mean, I the, the city I come from is nicknamed the Brew City. So there's a there's a mini fridge that looks like a PBR can sitting in the corner of my uh, room right over here. And it's stocked to the brim right now with all, you know, your I had to restock with all the fall classic beers. So I've got a couple of Oktoberfest, some German beers, you know, the usual. Is that a is that where PBR's from? Milwaukee? That, that's where it originated from. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's cool. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, it has Milwaukee like right on the top of the fruit. So I'm like, yep. Yeah, I'm a I'm a fan of PBR. I've always, you know, very drinkable beer. You know, it gives me heartburn anymore. But I'm <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting old, so everything gives me heartburn. <laughs> and just keep playing rock music. Stay young forever. Woo. Yeah. Right. You're only as I guess as old as you feel. I don't know. I sort of feel old sometimes. Well, well, how old do you feel on a normal day? I mean, I'm 34, and I I feel a solid 34. Like, <laughs> like no really much give or take. Like, you know, the the knees are starting to crack. The back is cracking here and there. Maybe it's just because I've been quarantining and not like actually properly exercising. Like, I I got a puppy, so I feel like sometimes my exercise for the day is like a walk for the dog. <laughs> Hey, it's it's something over nothing though yeah no for sure at least i'm getting outside and getting some sun yeah well i want to start actually get this start off the way i normally get this started off because i always love to hear what the responses are so chris i want you to do a full introduction of yourself so i want to know your name what you do in the band and then always my favorite part of it because i'm going to put you on the spot like you probably were put on the spot back in middle school high school if you want to do some sort of like a freshman welcome week in college I want to hear a little fun fact about yourself, but I want to hear the wackiest thing you can possibly think of. I mean, it can be if you were a famous YouTuber before this, if you had this like crazy Tinder bio at one point, which I've had a whole band share their whole entire Tinder bios before. One of my favorites of all time. So if you can somehow top that, I'll let you have the floor. <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay, so my name is Chris Bishop, and I am from Kingsport, Tennessee. And when I was 19, I moved to Pennsylvania uh, in a band that was, you know, basically was basically a touring cover band. Um, I just wanted to, to tour and and uh, make that my living, you know, playing guitar and touring. And that band broke up, got in another band, that band broke up, whatever. You know, I ended up meeting the singer of Crowbot and we he was playing bass in one of my previous bands. And that band fell apart and we started Crowbot in around like 2011. And uh, yeah, and then we, uh, we've been working hard at that uh, ever since then. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, a wacky fact about me. Um, I don't know if it's wacky, but maybe something a lot of people don't know. Um, I was in a fraternity in college. I was a frat guy. I was a uh, Sigma Chi. So um, I did that. I uh, already said I played in a cover band for years. 
in my early early 20s um playing all the most embarrassing songs um and uh yeah i don't know i'm sure other fun facts will come out through the interview though that's what I'm hoping for. But now when you actually said that, all I can think of is I wish I had my freshman year roommate here right now because he would have geeked out when you said Sig Kai. Yeah. Because he was he was in Sig Kai when we were in uh, school up in Minnesota. But me, uh, I never really oh, did you there? that. Yeah, my uh, my brother was a Sigma Kai. And uh, it was something that yeah I wanted to, to share with him. And uh, yeah, it was fun. You know, it was... It was definitely a, a fun experience, uh, East Tennessee State University. You know, it's like, it's cool. It's like 20 minutes where I was from, you know. Tennessee is sweet, man. It's it's beautiful there. I, I, sometimes I miss it. But uh, I'm like I said, I'm in, I'm in Texas now, which is sort of similar, just much more Mexican. Oh, okay. Yeah, a lot, a lot more tacos, which I, I'm totally for. Hey, you can't can't be mad about the tacos. I've never seen anyone mad when they've had tacos in their hand. It's like it's like, it's the ultimate food where it's just like, oh, oh, yeah. uh, it, it it's delicious. That's probably I, I'll probably at one point turn into a taco. <laughs> you know, Gotta feel like anytime I hear anyone argue at a show, I'm like, I'm just gonna go, hey, just both of you go get tacos, come back, you'll be fine. Oh, for sure. I mean, I mean, you can't, I mean, would you be mad that you're missing a little bit of the show? Yeah, but you're going to go get tacos. You're going to basically squash your beef right there. Hopefully, yeah. it's got to be a beef taco, though. Yeah, well, you know, I like them all. Yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, pastor tacos. Um, anything with uh, a verde salsa, I'm, I'm going to be all about, uh, you know, carne asada. Ooh, God dang it. Mm. Yeah, because there was one time where one of my friends, she came over to my, my place. She's like, yeah, I'm just going to bring dinner from a local place that's right by me. And all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, I wonder what the heck she's going to bring. She's like, I got tacos. <laughs> like, okay, let's see how many tacos. We open up the thing. There's like 24 of them just sitting around like authentic tacos. I'm thinking, alrighty, good thing I didn't eat lunch today. Let's go do this. <laughs> yeah. So what are tacos like in Milwaukee? Um, it all, it just basically all depends upon where you go. It's, there's places that have like, when they make tacos, they basically make like the Taco Bell kind of taco. So it's just, oh, you got to get the shell. And then all of a sudden, oh, here's some beef with some taco seasoning. Here's some cheese. Here's some lettuce, some, uh, some tomatoes, like diced tomatoes. And that's pretty much it. But it all depends upon where you go. Cause there's other, if you go to places like within probably more like the South side of Milwaukee, where it's definitely more of the uh, Mexican population, you go to some of the local places over there and it's just like. You get some like you get some of the like really good stuff. However, I'm not sure what it compares to if you went to like if I went to Texas again because I haven't been down there since I was eleven or ten or eleven years old. So I mean, when I'm ten or eleven, I'm just like I want a hot dog. <laughs> now I'm almost <laughs> yeah, that, like, that never changes, right? I still say it in that voice too. I'm like I want a hot dog. I mean, that's it's pretty me, much man. that's like me at a Brewers game after I've had like six or seven beers. I'm just like it's like I'm sitting in the stands like Kevin, are you okay? Yeah, <laughs> you need something. Um, I want a hot dog. Uh, Summerfest. That's in Milwaukee, right? Oh yeah, it is. Okay, yeah. One of our one of our first bigger tours we did. We uh, we played Summerfest, and we played right before uh, the Pretty Reckless. And our, or no, no, the 
Yeah, I think we no, we played after the Pretty Reckless on this stage, and there was a huge crowd, and we were, you know, no one had any idea who we were, and uh, yeah, as soon as the Pretty Reckless played, everybody left, and we <laughs> we were playing to nobody. We were like, oh man, that's a bummer. But yeah, that was uh, that was one of the first big tours we did. We played that we played that show. It was it was awesome. I'll say, don't worry. That happens a lot of times at Summerfest, where just it's just it's just how they book the bands too, because it's like okay, you know, every band they like the headliners will always go on at 10 p.m. And if there's a certain band where all of a sudden like a lot of people are getting into, they'll like they'll go and gravitate towards there. But even if there's a band that's after them, I mean, they're just gonna end up going to somewhere else. Like for me, the I've been I've been camping out at Summerfest a couple of times where it's like, well, not camping out like the night before, but like when the gates open up, you go to the stage that the band you want to see is playing on. And you wait there the whole entire day until that band is on, just to make sure that you're close enough. And the only band I've ever done that for, except I've done it twice, was for Rise Against, and it was worth it both times. Oh yeah, I I saw them. Uh, I forget what festival it was, but they were uh, on one of the headlining stages, and um, they were awesome, man. Uh, you know, I, I was never the biggest Rise Against fan, but they were great live. You're talking to the guy that whose favorite band is Rise Against, so it's like, how dare you? But it's a, it's like I always, I always have fun at their shows no matter what. And I've been like, there's so many of their shows that I've been to where it's like, okay, like everyone has like some weird special meaning. Where it's like, oh, the first time I did this, oh, when I, I met my ex girlfriend at that show, oh, I was like completely depressed and I went to their show and I got thrown to a mosh pit. I'm like, this is the start of the return of me. Let's go. Um. So what what are your uh, top three bands? Top three bands. Number one, Rise Against. Number two is Ice Nine Kills. Number three is Disturbed. Oh, nice. Okay. I didn't expect that, dude. Uh, my, my problem is it's so hard because there's so many great classic bands. I like, you know, I almost sort of have to like section it off to like, okay, classic bands and then modern bands. But, you know. All right. I gotta hear- For oh. me, it's probably Clutch. Soundgarden and Pantera, I'd say. I was gonna say I can easily see Soundgarden, especially with the sound that you guys have with Crowbot. But I, I was kind of surprised. It's like, cause especially with. I mean, I gotta ask this question now. What bands were you expecting me to say when you thought of like me picking three bands? Um, my favorite? Well, I, you know, I, a lot of times you get like you. I was thinking like just the bigger, more like classic bands. I thought for sure uh, Metallica or, you know, what one of the, the big four would be in there, Metallica or like Slayer. Um, who is the big four? Metallica, Slayer, Anthrax, and... Megadeth. Megadeth, yes. Um, which I was never a big Megadeth fan. I don't know why. I never really got that much into the big four. It's like for, for me, when I was growing up, it was... I mean, like my dad, that was the biggest music influence where it was, he was a lot of the seventies and eighties rock. So it was a lot of like Van Halen, Rush, Poison, Motley Crue, Electric Light Orchestra, that kind of stuff. But then all of a sudden where the first band came into that, my basically the one that I really got into was Disturbed because it was like, I, I love the sound. I love David Draymond's voice, especially playing Guitar Hero, like trying to play Stricken, like, yeah. And of course, mm-hmm. not, not doing well at all because, well, 
yeah, I just I just could never get my pinky finger over to the yellow butt or the orange button, my bad. But like I really started liking it and all of a sudden it was especially where I was at school, I was kinda of a little bit more of an outcast at that point. And then all of a sudden liking disturbed made me feel like a little bit even more of an outcast, but an outcast that I really, really, really liked just because it was something that was for myself. Plus I went to a Catholic school, so really liking disturbed at a Catholic school. Yeah, that really didn't fly, but I still liked it anyway. Then yeah. all of a sudden, high school came in. I got more into punk rock. I kept hearing Rise Against the Radio over and over and over again, and I just wasn't getting sick of it. And I just kept diving more and more deeper into it. And it just, everything connected with me at one point. So it just stuck. And then with Ice Nine Kills, I heard them like one or two songs of theirs before I saw them live last, like early November, like two days after Halloween. I only heard two of their songs. Went to the show, was super tired because I had to work the whole entire day. I was like, I didn't want to go. All of a sudden, it was like, light the torch went on. Like, the torch was good. Fit for a King went on, and they just, like, amped up the energy. And all of a sudden, here comes Ice Night Kills. 19 songs, two hours, full set, like, everything you could possibly imagine. End of the show, they take a 10-minute break. They come out, do It Is The End. Spencer comes out looking like the full, like, Pennywise the Clown. Just the, the full energy, the pageantry, the sound, everything. I'm like... You gotta be kidding me! Like, if there's a, if there's one time where I could think of where a show just got me into a band, it would be that one. And then it just took yeah. off from there. Yeah, you know, I think that it's it's so important for a band to you know have an element of you know theatrics or, or you know maybe not even theatrics, but build a show. You know, it's that's one of the biggest things for for a touring band. Band really, you know, we've just started to try to like really focus on our show more so than we have in the past, you know, in the beginning, it was all just like high energy, just rock and roll, really raw. And which is great. You know, we, we still are that, but now we're like, we have like this giant alien egg that our singer hatches out of and <laughs> like, like there, there's like swords and stones and like, it's more, it's more of a fun experience, but it's also, it's memorable, you know, it's just, uh, theatrics some of my favorite shows that i've seen like when i was a kid were like rob zombie and and marilyn manson you know the, like i remember seeing them on Ozfest, and it was just like i remember marilyn manson came down on a on a, a cross made out of guns and that's how i think that's how he started the show and it was just like it was just so jaw-dropping and like he one point he came out on these giant stilts and he was walking around like a weirdo. It was just so cool. And and the, the other thing too is, is when it comes to bands that do that pageantry stuff and just like the whole entire put on a show type thing. And I'm going to use perfect examples for myself because it all depends upon personal taste. Like the bands that you were mentioning, like zombie and Manson, I haven't seen both of those guys yet live. I want to, but the one I was thinking of for like, just like outside of ice and kills, like the crazy, just, you're going to go there be- because you want to basically watch the show maybe more than listen to music is a band like Guar. Cause I, I oh, yeah. God, that show, the one time I went there, it was, I was not expecting anything like that. And I remember, I don't remember anything but the, about the music, except they ended with a cover of, if you want blood by ACDC, which was perfect. But I remember the whole entire show just all getting sprayed with all the red and green colored water. I remember some 11 year old kid had like the most epic mullet I've ever seen was on top of his dad's shoulders and the band stopped spraying everybody so they could all converge in the middle, basically point at this kid and just blast him for a straight 30 seconds. I'm thinking this kid is going to go to school the next day with the coolest story ever. And all his friends might be thinking he's weird, but I'm like, this kid has a story to remember, but it all depends upon the kind of style of show. They like, I, I love that high energy kind of stuff. If you can add a show to it, that's for me. 
a show that I'm not the biggest into would be something like In This Moment or yeah, yeah, In This Moment. Shoot, I think it, yeah, it's In This Moment with um, Maria Brink because yeah, it's very pageantry. It's very like you know flowing kind of thing, but it's just that it just kind of just the energy just isn't there for something that I like. So it all depends upon, especially with the show, what you guys want to go for and how you want to portray it and. It's going to come out and all of a sudden there might be people that like it. There might be people that don't like it, but you just got to be authentically you and it. That's what matters. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that's the thing, right? I mean, there will always be people that hate what you do, you know? And I mean, that's okay. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't please everyone. Um, as long as you, you know, are having fun and, you know, you think that what you're doing is good then who gives a shit you know like that's that's the way you know that's been our motto like sometimes you know sometimes making someone smile in the crowd is is more important than uh than playing the right note sometimes or or it or things being flawless you know i if if i if there's a kid in the crowd that's like not having a good time, I'll just stop playing until they like smile. You know what I mean? Because I mean that's what it's it's all about. You know, I, I I could care less if I play every solo spotless or whatever. You know, as long as the people that are there in the in the in the room are having a good time. And and to kind of top add on top of that too, especially more from the fan perspective where. It's there's certain shows where maybe the music wasn't the best, but if the perform like you know if you're gonna put out your whole entire thing out there, you're gonna make it so that people enjoy themselves during the show. They're gonna remember that more than anything else. But if you if it's something that's on the ops or all of a sudden like the best way to describe it is say something goes wrong during the show. If I, I've seen this happen before twice and it and it's a different response that kind of remember in mind. One was the guy the well, the, lead, the front man just basically was bitching, moaning, complaining about it for twenty five to thirty straight minutes. And so many people had left just because it wasn't because of the technical issue. It was just because they were sick and tired of this whole entire crap. There's there's constantly just a complaining. It just takes away from the whole entire experience. And then you're left with a sour taste in your mouth from that artist. However, I've seen the technical experience or technical difficulty go really well, where all of a sudden it doesn't go well. And then all of a sudden the band just basically played it off. Like they're just basically like basically roasting each other during the whole entire time during like the 10 minutes it took to fix this. It was like a comedy roast in the middle of a show. And it's like, I remember that completely. And it was, that made the crowd want to stay and just kind of hear these guys just rip on each other. And all of a sudden it was like, it was like what uh, the guitar that they were working with just wasn't working properly. wasn't connected. Right. So all of a sudden they're trying to fix that. All of a sudden they start, you hear it. They start playing again. All of a sudden it's like, all right, we're getting back into this shit. And all of a sudden, boom, everyone was still energized throughout the whole entire thing because they were kept engaged through the whole entire show, even during uh, some sort of problem. Yeah. You know, the, the guys in my band call me hurricane Bishop because like, I just destroy everything on stage. Cause I'm just real clumsy. Um, so yeah, I, I have gone through, you know, every, every kind of, you know, problem on stage possible. And, you know, the, the only thing you can do is just laugh it off and just like try to forget about it and and just keep jamming man like the the first the most embarrassed i've ever been on stage one time was we we toured with volby in europe and uh i only had one amp it was the first show i didn't have a backup amp yet and it was in front of eighteen thousand people 
and the first song my aunt blows up and I didn't really know anyone on from Volvi or Airborne to like ask anyone we didn't really have much of a crew with us at that time so um the tech came on stage saw it was a fuse put a fuse in it started working again and then it just it like blew again so I didn't know what to do so I just like the band kept playing there I'm the only guitar player sounded horrible so I was just like running around like trying to grab everyone's asses on stage and it was it turned it turned into this like Benny Hill like type type of thing and it I, it was in front of 18,000 people and our 30 minute set I would say 20 minute 20 minutes of it was me just like acting like I was playing and like running around and like there was no guitar at all it, it was and for the longest time that fuse that I had that kept that blue um I kept it in my pocket as a reminder of, of like well it'll things will never get that bad <laughs> it also kind of reminded of being like the go the, the boy scout model always be prepared even though you were getting prepared because you're gonna have a backup app at some point but it just wasn't the case yeah yeah anything that can go wrong will go wrong now one, one other question i have with that is like when the amp blew when the fuse blew did you get did uh did you guys call that out during the show like explain the situation of the crowd so they knew what was happening and also why your guitar wasn't working yeah um i mean honestly i can't even remember i was it was all such a blur of embarrassment um that <laughs> i uh i'm not even sure what brandon said um but one other time that my second most second most embarrassing time was uh, it was in Louisville at a, a festival. Our buddies King, um, where, where they were playing, and uh, Eddie, uh, their guitar player singer, asked me to come up and play a solo to a song. And I was like, Yeah, okay. I mean, it's in D. I don't know the solo, but I'll I'll I know the song. I'll jam it. Yeah. So he hands me the guitar. And then like he smacks me on the butt and he goes to walk away and I, I run and I like try to kick him in the butt. And when, when I do like I unplug the guitar. So like, there's just no guitar. I, I didn't know what had happened. So again, in front of like, you know, 10,000 people, like <laughs> I'm, I'm just like playing. No, there's no sound. Like Eddie, Eddie looked at me and just like shook his head. I was just like, oh <laughs> God, there's video of that too on YouTube, which is even worse. <laughs> is there video of the first one on YouTube? Because I really no, want to. I'm, I'm sure. I just don't know. I, I'm not sure where it was. It, it may have been in Denmark. I, I think it was in the Netherlands somewhere, but I'm sure you could find it. God, I don't even want to see that. I'll. Uh, it say, gives me anxiety thinking about it. Well, because Chris, if I find it, I might send it to you, and I might oh, like yeah. speed the video up like by like three or four times, and then add the Benny Hill theme underneath it, just for uh, you know, pure hilarity. <laughs> I I've been I've been wanting to do a, a Crowbot Shreds video for the longest time. You know those Shreds videos? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, that would be a perfect video to do it to, but. Oh, or even just like a good live video, just like overdub it with like ridiculous fart sounds and stuff. <laughs> and yeah, it's kind of like YouTube pooping it at the same time too. But I mean, like that's something that all of a sudden it's just 
if especially if you guys post it, then it's you guys making fun of yourselves, making it's you guys making fun of like, you know, those moments where it's, you know, really embarrassing, but people will look back at that and people, oh, I'll put it this way. People that were at that show, they'll probably remember you guys for like, you know, oh, this problem happened, but they really what they remember was how you guys like played off with it. If it was a positive, if it was something positive, like again, you're running around having fun, trying to grab everybody's asses on stage just to see what happens yeah. and get a reaction out of them just to see what happens. Yeah. All of a sudden the music might not be as what you want it to be because there's no guitar at that point because of the problem. However, there's still going to be some sort of a positive um, outlook on the experience that the fans are going to have because you tried to make it the most fun as you could. That's that's it, right? That's all you can do, you know. I'll, and those situations, I mean, it is what it is. I, I, you know, there's been so many shows that have like things haven't worked out that well. It sounds like crap, or uh, break strings and whatever. You know, it's just you just roll with it. Is it is what it is, you know. I, that's part of that's part of it too. It's part of rock and roll. I think like shit shit's gonna happen like that. I, yeah. And I know, I know guys that like legit get mad, and I've seen guys just like just blow their top, and I've never understood that. Like you, you look way stupider getting mad about it, you know. And I think, I think from that, it's just because they want to make sure they're giving the best experience they can to everybody. And when something goes wrong, because they had to set in their mind, maybe this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. And all of a sudden, there's a blip in the, there's like a blip in the radar. There's a problem, like they break a string or something. And it's just all of a sudden their whole entire mindset of what was going to have happened is not going to happen anymore due to the fact that something caused it to change. And it's kind of like that fixed mindset versus that growth mindset thing where it's like, okay, we're fixed on this. All of a sudden if something happens, then can we adapt? And kind of likely the answer is no. But all of a sudden if you're kind of just open to the experience and all of a sudden, okay, something bad happens. What what do we do about it? Um, Let's just roll with it and see what happens. Remember I saw uh, anti-flag play. And uh, Chris number two and their drummer, they ended up coming down into the like into the pit to play just for the hell of it. And it, it took forever to get like this little mini drum kit out there because of how many people were packed into this little room, and just trying to get the drummer off stage. Like we had to, like like the security had to carry him from the stage over the barrier and basically place him down in the crowd so he could walk to the drum set. And it was I remember that, but it was just they were having fun with it too. They didn't really care that much and all of a sudden like chris was calling out like he was standing on top of the railing too with his bass i'm like okay this is actually you know this is pretty funny but it was it was worth it because it's just they enjoyed it and they they kept everything going they kept the flow going they didn't stop it they didn't just be like oh we're gonna wait until everything gets going back again it's like no they just kept going they just kept working with it and it's it's memorable in the positive yeah yeah i mean i guess just everyone's different right like some dudes just have a temper you know, and yeah, I, I definitely don't. I'm I'm pretty laid back. You know, I, it takes a lot to get me mad. You know, you you don't have that short fuse like your amp did or like Axl Rose does. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, everyone talks about Axl Rose, right? Uh, which he probably is an asshole, but he was the only one that wasn't on heroin and like all, doing all the hardcore drugs and Guns and Roses. And if that was me, I I wouldn't be able to deal with that. You know what I mean? I I, I can understand why he was. <laughs> I would have been an asshole too if everyone in my band was doing heroin. Where I can kind of I can understand that more too is is just when I was like in high school and college. All of a sudden, a lot of my high school friends they started 
it, it wasn't anything bad. I mean, they just were smoking weed a lot. But the thing that I kind of, and I wasn't into it, and I'm still not into it, but what ended up happening was all of a sudden, it's like, okay, that's all they're doing. And then they're doing nothing after it. And I'm like, I want to go out and do something. All of a sudden, like, going over to their house, like, okay, let's go do something. All right, after we smoke this. And then all of a sudden, you're sitting on the couch rocking, watching Rick and Morty for three hours. And it's just like, yeah. eh, I'm, I'm not going to hang out with you guys as much. Not that I don't like you guys. It's just when I hang out with you, we do nothing. Yeah, you know, so, sometimes uh, sometimes potheads are really boring, you know. <laughs> I mean, I, I was, uh, you know, everyone in my band – you know smoked a lot of weed for for a long time you know for a lot of the years of the band we've had a lot of different members and stuff but um and i was the the guy that that didn't i would always like i was just the beer drinker and i would drink booze and stuff man you're not like yeah, one of the it, same right it here. would be it was boring oh my god i was like you guys are ridiculously boring you're just everyone is so high um but now i smoke weed too so <laughs> it's like yeah. I don't know. It helps with my anxiety, and I've got one of those weed pens and stuff. Okay. I I got my medical card in in Pennsylvania, and it's uh it's awesome, man. I just hit it like, oh here's one. Oh, perfect. Yeah, pretty convenient. You know what I mean? Like they dissipate really quick. You know, I can take it wherever. You know, it's it. You don't have to charge them up. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, because I know like a couple of my friends, they've since then they've kind of like tapered off a little bit, but they they'll still partake, they'll do it. But it's like when they do it, they're still like, if we want to go out and do something, like they sell their mindset, we're gonna go out and do this, and like I'm I can easily get behind that. It's like okay, you know, you're not you're doing it, you're kind of chilling out, but you're not letting affects what you want to do. What we're gonna do, totally fine, totally fine. It was just always the consistent. All right, we're gonna do this already, but now we're gonna smoke, and all of a sudden now we're just gonna sit and watch TV while we're supposed to be doing something like. And I'm, I mean, I was kind of, I'm kind of, I'm more like you, like you used to be, where it's like, you know, I'm just going to, I wouldn't, don't want to smoke or anything, but if you got a beer, oh, bring it my way. <laughs> yeah. I, that's sort of how I feel about Chili's. You know, some, like before I go to Chili's, I'm like, oh man, I'm going to have this awesome night. And then after I eat at Chili's, I, my belly's so full and I'm tired <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go just take a nap. Oh God. Yeah. I remember that from, uh. <laughs> for my days in, in college. Cause we'd always do that for uh football games, especially if they're at like 11 o'clock kickoffs. So it's like, okay, you know, wake up in the morning, we're drinking before the game. We're, we're cooking breakfast. We're having a good time. All of a sudden we're drinking on our walk to the game. Then all of a sudden the game hits and we're just like full force going at it. Just having a great time. Game ends, go to Canes for some chicken because who doesn't like going to raisin Canes? I mean, come on. It was like the only time I ever had it was in Minnesota. I'm like, Oh yeah, it was a tradition. Then all of a sudden go back to our apartment. All of a sudden it's like, okay, we'll watch the end of the the two thirty game just because. Well, we're kind of like by the time we get back, it's like halftime already. And then afterwards, it's like, oh well, we're gonna go do something tonight. But uh, all right, nap time, team nap time. We need this. <laughs> um, how do you feel about Culver's? Ooh, for me, I'm not the biggest fast food person. But like, if all of a sudden if it, if it's the only option, it's like you gotta tell me like, okay, you can go to McDonald's, Taco Bell, Arby's, Culver's. I'm like, oh oh, Culver's and Oh my god, we got a dog on there. Yes. Yeah, this is my puppy. Her name's Buns. Hey, Buns. What kind of dog is that? It's a Chewini. A oh, Chewini. A Chewini. Yeah, it's like a Chihuahua and a Dotson. Okay. Yeah, it's tiny. She is full of energy. The opposite of my dog. When we had her, she was like, if if we had when I had a dog, it was okay. You know, everyone's at the house. 
yep, she just wants to be left alone. Don't bother her. But if you leave, it's just like, okay, now here comes the energy. Please come back. Yeah. <laughs> we had a Greyhound um, and she passed away this year. And then we, so we, we got a dog that was, we didn't mean to, but it's the exact opposite of a Greyhound. She's like <laughs> tiny and full of energy. It's just like, whoa, this is different. Yeah, we love that- her though. It, it, it's always somewhere it's like if you don't want a dog right away it's like oh i don't want it that's that's kind of one of the biggest reasons why i don't have one is just because i don't want to take on that responsibility and especially if all of a sudden okay i'm gonna get a dog but i don't really want to take care of it that much all of a sudden give it a week all of a sudden, i'm like oh i love you i'm never gonna let yeah. you go and all of a sudden next thing it's like my friends want to go hang out and do all this crazy stuff and i want to go out and do all this crazy stuff for like go to all these concerts like eh, but who's gonna watch the dog yeah the the quarantines it's been con- i mean one of the good things that about this year is that you know i had a lot of home time while she was a puppy you know um because we were supposed to be touring all year and then uh everything happened so you know i'd say next hopefully next spring we'll be touring again but who knows so what was the tour schedule supposed to look like this year just it's before the whole entire um world basically took a poop on itself we we were tour we were going to tour with uh 10 years we had a like a month and a half with them um we we just got off the road doing a headline tour and we had like all the all the uh u.s festivals um the rock on the range or you you know the danny wimmer festivals we had all the the big ones and uh we were going to be touring around those but yeah so that sucks man it was going to be a big year for us yeah, and then like for the like if you're gonna tour with ten years, would that have been right around now, especially with them just releasing their latest album? Yeah, I believe it it was gonna well, yeah. Maybe a, a little bit before. maybe uh like I can't even remember. Like this year is just such a blur, but uh, yeah. Um we we've we've known those guys for a while. We toured with them uh back in like twenty twelve or thirteen and um yeah they're super cool we we uh wrote a song with brian their guitar player um for the for mother brain our latest record um the first song on it it's called burn and yeah uh, he co-wrote that with us so yeah i mean we did that in knoxville which is like where my family is so it's weird that he lives there but um we we showed up and we were just like let's write a song like uh dead and bloated by stone tool pilots you know we we were just talking about how much we loved that intro and so yeah that's what came out of that session was that song nice and i've seen 10 years twice uh, once in 2017 because i believe they're opening up for chevelle and then 2018 they had a headline tour that came through milwaukee and what I remember about too was it wasn't necessarily what 10 years it was who the opener was for them because it was Mark Tremonti's solo project. And anytime getting to see Mark Tremonti play guitar is just like, yes. Yeah. Tremonti, Mark's a great guy. We, uh, we met him through mutual friends. And um, one time we were on Shiprocked and we were doing a, it was like a beer pong tournament or whatever. And it was, it was me and Mark Tremonti we're 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 playing against uh morgan rose and this other guy that i didn't know and he just he looked familiar and then once we were done he's like mark trani comes up to me he's like do you not know who that was i was like 
who who is it and he was like that's johnny damon from the boston red sox i was like holy <laughs> shit <laughs> what? yeah which is pretty cool but yeah Tremonti has like a lot of uh of the same influences as as me as guitar players um oddly freed is one of his favorite guitar players and who's my, my, one of my favorite guitar players too um so much so that he tracked down the amp that he recorded uh the brother album with and bought it and i, I that blew my mind i was like that is the at one point i want i want the amount of wealth that i can track down the amp that was played on my favorite record and buy it you know Man, I should try and do that, but I don't think I'd be able to pay for it. Yeah, I mean, who knows? It might not have been that much. I guess it's like if whoever has it, you know, values it as much as you do. You know what I mean? Like, I guess Cry Love wasn't a big, a huge band, but um, that was a pretty big record in the 90s. Yeah, and like, and uh, what kind of what you're talking about too is just kind of always, always depends upon the price the person that has it versus the price that you would be willing to pay for it because especially with COVID-19 going around and a bunch of the music venues trying to like continue to make money so that they can stay open once this uh, pandemic ends and concerts return. Like the big one here in Milwaukee, the rave, I get, they got 30 years of history. So all of a sudden to try and make money, they were auctioning off a bunch of like the signed band memorabilia that they had and they're making a good amount of money off of it. And I was trying to buy one of the posters. I was trying to buy the one with Fit for King, uh, Life Torch and Ice Nine Kills because I'm like, I went to that show and it was so much fun. I would love to have it. Yeah, the price got a little too high for me. But then there was one I'm like, eh, you know what? Let's just uh, let's just put in the like top bid. It was like 120 bucks. Like, let's just put it in and let's just see what happens. I completely forgot about it. And then all of a sudden, a couple days later, I get an email. You won. You haven't paid for it. I was like, oh, oh shit. And I looked at which one it was. I'm like, and it's a Rise Against sign poster. Well, this is going to be easy. Pay for it. It's hanging up on yeah. the wall right now. <laughs> that's, that's cool. So did you like Light the Torch? I did like like the torch, and the biggest reason I wanted to go is I wanted to see Howard Jones perform because I'd had, because I'd seen Killswitch perform once in 2015, but this was after Howard had left and Jesse had come back, so I'd never actually seen Howard perform, and especially after uh, Killswitch came out with their uh, Toman album in 2019, and this is a couple months afterwards, and hearing the signal fire, hearing Jesse and Howard back on the same track, I'm like, okay, I got if I get a chance to see this guy live, I got to go see him live. Seeing Howard live was awesome. Just kind of the, the whole yeah. energy he had about him. Just the whole, just everything he had about him. But then the other thing I want to say too is once all the cops come back and Shiprock comes back, I'm going to have to try, I have to go down to Shiprock and try and, you know, sneak into these beer pong tournaments and, you know, test out my skills. Yeah, dude. Um, Howard uh, wrote, we wrote some songs with Howard for Mother Brain and um, hopefully they'll be released as, uh, on the deluxe edition, but we're, you know, we're working through that now, but yeah, he, he came down to my house in Austin and he hung out for a few days and we, we did these songs and it was like, it was unreal, dude. Cause that was our first time like meeting him and he was just the sweetest, most talented dude. Like, like we would jam, I had all kinds of structures and stuff um, and just riff, jam ideas that I had worked out before he'd got there and then like and I'd sent him stuff before and I'm sure he was assuming we were going to work on those songs but I was like dude check this out I was like this this is what we're we're jamming on right now and he's like uh yeah just uh 
can I walk your dog? And I was like, sure. I, so he just, he walked my dog and listened to the song and wrote lyrics and came back. And it was, it was awesome. Like the song came out so good. So hopefully we'll be able to release that. I hope you're able to on the deluxe edition. And I'm going to have to add this about Howard Jones. You are not the first guest I've had on this podcast that has sung his praises because on that same tour that I had seen, the opening band was Awake at Last. And I have had Vince on the podcast, their their, uh, lead singer. And he was talking about that tour. He's like, every time I'd see Howard Jones, I'm like, Howard. And he just always, he said he always would look back and be like, hey, Vince. (laughs) Just kind of like having fun with him. Like, oh my God. Like if you're able to just have that much fun on tour, it's okay. Then, then you're doing something right. Yeah, he's he's a, you know, most most of the guys who who are at that level that people love, you know, they're just cool dudes. You know what I mean? Like, you don't get very far being an asshole. No, no, you don't. And it's just always interesting to hear a lot of the bands that I've had on here, including you guys. Just talk about okay, what are these bigger artists have you worked with, and just hearing the stories because. Almost every single story I've heard is positive. I haven't heard anyone that's like, okay, I like we work with this artist on an album. And all of a sudden, it's like, okay, well, can you talk about it? it's like, oh, it was awesome. They just kind of and you go through. It's like, okay, this happened, this happened. And with you, you had Howard Jones walk your dog, and he came up with he listened to it, came up with lyrics while walking your dog. Like that, yeah. like, his creative process must have just needed you know a little bit of fresh air. Yeah, dude. I mean, that guy, he was telling us like he just he naturally walks a ridiculous amount. Um, just like miles and miles a day. Cause it just, you know, helps his, helps his mind. I'm like, dude, I totally get it. Uh, you know, I'm on that T25 train, man. Like if, if I'm not, if I don't do a little bit of exercise or sun, like my head's just, I'm so cloudy and you know, I'm not worth anything. I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. And one thing I have figured out is I'm, I am not sure if I want to do like go and work out and do like a chest and try or a back and by day with Howard Jones. He'd probably destroy me. Yeah, dude, for sure. I'll take him on in leg day though. I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> not me. I have like chicken legs. I think it's just part of my jeans. Not my, <laughs> not my blue jeans, but my DNA jeans. Yeah, for, for for my family, I mean, again, you got I've, up in Wisconsin. We, um, my most of my family is uh, most of my dad's side family, which is basically where most of my genetic came from. Because like, if you look at my brother and I, my brother is like ninety five percent my mom's side of the family, which is all Polish. I'm yeah. like ninety five percent my dad's side, which is mostly Norwegian. So get like that, like Nordic genes, like that big, like you know, big strong kind of thing. Can never get a six pack to save my life, but can keep up the strength pretty good. Six packs are overrated. I mean, I, I've believe me, I've never had one, and I never will. But who needs them? I mean, go- my, my wife, my wife's pretty hot, and she <laughs> she's never once wanted me to have a six pack. So that's good. Just take just take the Homer Simpson approach. Everyone here has a six pack, and I'm the only one that has a keg. But but you get more <laughs> out of the keg. Yeah, six pack you only yes. get six beers. Kegs you can get like ninety out of. Yeah, dude, for real, right? Ninety. Yeah, not a beer. It's a lot of beer, but I mean, when you got, say, say you have a tailgate, you have like 25 people, and if everyone's drinking beer, I mean, that thing's going to be gone in an hour and a half. Agreed. It's been a long time since, I don't know, I mean, shit, I don't know when the last time we got a keg was, um, probably college, but yeah. You know, last time, I was trying to think, it was one of the, one of the tailgates I did for a Milwaukee Brewers game, I got one, and it was like, okay, that worked out, but other times, like college, it was, uh, 
there was one time I remember it was uh, I went over by some it was a bunch of frat guys from uh they were in Sigma Mu yeah Sigma Mu and I had met one of the guys from one of my Spanish class he invited me over for like hey we're having a party just come on over I go he invites me over at like three thirty in the afternoon on a Saturday I'm like okay let's see what happens go over there there's like him six of his frat, frat buddies and me I'm like well this is gonna be interesting how the hell is this gonna work out. We're, we're basically playing catch in the back here. All of a sudden, okay, here comes two kegs. And it's like, okay, we got to start drinking these. All right, we're going to do a power hour. We're going to play Thunderfucked. And after like an hour, because we played power hour, and then we like did Thunderfucked twice within that, I was just like, and I got the solo both times. I'm like, oh, my God. Why? So what's, what's that? What's Thunderfucked? So Thunderfucked is you, you have a, a bunch of people. You're standing around a keg, and everyone has a full beer. And you start playing Thunderstruck by ACDC. But every time thunder or thunderstruck is said, it's like the first time thunder thunder is said, like you know thunder. Ah, right when the first one says, somebody starts chugging, and then right every time thunder or thunderstruck is said again, the person either left or right, whatever you guys want to decide, they start chugging, and every time it's said again, it just goes to the next person, and you're not allowed to stop until thunder is said again, or until if you get the last oh. one, or until the end of the song, and the solo sucks. <laughs> Oh, that sounds awesome! I, I listen. Thunder when Thunderstruck comes on in general at any point in my life, I just want to party. I've just added another aspect that you could party to Thunderstruck with, and it is it's something where just make sure you have a good amount of people because if you try to do it like three or four people, it's after after doing it once, you guys are just gonna be like, okay, we're done with this. No, just just no. Yeah, this year was the 40th anniversary of, of Back in Black, and uh, haven't listened to that record in in a while. You know, I would just always, you know, here and there, I'd play a few songs from it. But um, man, it is such a good record that that's probably one of my favorite records of all time for sure. Those are the records They're, that got me into rock music too. Yeah, it reminds me of my mom and like just growing up and like, you know riding in the car with her and and like just just like learning those solos as a kid like like that's how i learned to play guitar was just off those those iconic records like that you know yeah i, sh- I should probably spin it at one point because I, I got a nice like turntable over here and my buddy got me the back in black album for my birthday he always gives me these random albums for my birthday that he finds it like used record stores but he always gets me like the really good stuff. Like he got me back in black and he got me last week, he got me ZZ tops eliminator. And I always would listen to that with my dad. I'm like, okay, you gotta be kidding me, dude. This is awesome. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. ZZ top, ACDC, Zeppelin, Metallica. I mean, all like Hendrix, Leonard Skinner, like all those bands. I, like I loved as a kid. I would just, you know, I played baseball, uh, you know, throughout high school and stuff but all i ever did was baseball and guitar you know i would just log myself in the in my room and i would print out the tabs at my uncle's house and then i would take them home and i would just learn them and then so when it comes to writing your music it's like now you know how these how these progressions are constructed you know how everything is constructed so you can take some of those influences and put them in your music as well and it kind of comes naturally because you've been doing it since you were you know 10 11 years old Yep. Yep. For sure. I started when I was eight years old and, you know, I got a really, I got like a good guitar when I was 10, but it took a couple of years. Uh, um, but yeah. And like, ever since then, I just, that's all I've, all I've loved. 
you know now it's just art and music like uh me and my wife tattoo and uh like we we love creating art uh, you know no matter what I, it's like um being creative to me is like uh, uh is how i'm mentally health is, is like my mental health like if if i can't make something or or be creative like i i'm moody i'm depressed it, it's it's a real thing and like it's been tough with covid you know like i i'm trying to stay um inspired to to make shit um you know because we couldn't tattoo i couldn't tour i'm sitting here like there's only so many so much i can write on my computer every day until i'm just like you know you get in a rut when you're only working by yourself and uh so you know i started making woodcuts and shit and i was like making these crazy woodcuts and like with with like they had dicks on them with springs and just like <laughs> fun things that i thought were cool you know but you're know, just trying to stay creative and and you know stay uh productive and that's the, been the hardest thing with with all the quarantine stuff I can agree with that too. It has been one of the hardest things, but one thing that I've always thought of was, you know, yeah, we're in this situation right now and we can't really do anything about it to get right now to kind of like say, Oh, I wish it was, you know, like it should have been, you know, think of like the, all the plans we had for the summer, all the plans we had for the fall, you know, as of like February, 2020, when this wasn't a thing, and all of a sudden everything's completely changed, kind of heard stuck inside. You can't really go out and do much. And there's only a certain amount of things you can do to be creative. But it's like, okay, what can we do now to, instead of like, basically wishing things were like they should have been figuring out okay this is what it's going to be like right now it's not gonna be like this always but it's gonna be like this right now how can we make the most out of this moment and continue to like if you like grow grow creatively grow the music grow the band and for myself it was like basically grow the podcast grow everything from instagram facebook twitter youtube anything i could figure out like that's the time i was like this is the time to do it so gotta figure out how to do it it was like motivated at the same time too that I had like a whole motivation. I had a whole plan, even when all of a sudden it was like, alrighty, all these concerts I had to go to, all this fun I was going to have, all this European trip I was going to take right around this time. Nope. Nope. <laughs> it yeah, it sucks, man. I mean, there's just, there's a lot going on in the world. It's just, it can be, it can, it can be a lot, you know, just, uh, just have to take it one day at a time and, you know, things always get better, work themselves out to an extent, you know, you just sort of have to try to stay positive and that's all you can do. Because if you stay negative, you're, you're losing, you're pretty much putting yourself in a losing position at that point. Yeah, for sure. I mean, everyone goes through that, you know, everyone goes through the, the negative spurts or the, the spurts of uh depression or, you know anxiety or you don't want to get off the couch you know those are all real things that you know it, it's just it's that's something that you know people that never thought they would have to ever deal with those issues are dealing with them now because you, you know you're you're trapped inside you're you're trying to do everything you can to help the people around you and you know it's uh isolating can drive you nuts <laughs> for sure <laughs> yeah it can yeah oh it, it easily can and i when it comes to coming talking about that positive mentality like even i kind of had something like that where 
couple of years ago, like, I had this whole entire negative mentality. Like, just it's just everything that happened. Like, everything kind of went to shambles. But, and then, of course, once this hit, it was kind of like, the way I kept positive at the initial outset was, okay, this can't be as bad as what I went through beforehand. But then keeping that positive mentality, just like, even though it was something that was like, oh, you know, at least it's not as bad as that kind of thing. It was able to keep me going at some points, even to a point where I had to get my appendix removed and then I had to do a podcast the day after I got back from the hospital. So I was still like stiff and in pain. I'm like, but I got the positive attitude. We're doing this. I am not stopping. I was here for like, I was here for about two, two and a half hours. And all of a sudden that was the first thing I said. I'm like, if you guys see me squirming around, it's because, uh, yeah, I'm missing a piece of my body right now. My body's trying to yeah. readjust to it, but I'm like, I'm not, I'm not messed. I'm not, not going to, you know, shoot this podcast because I want to do this and I'm going to stay positive during it. And even if I have to go like fall on the floor a little bit, I'm going to take the camera. I'm going to take the microphone. And I'm going to make sure this works as crazy as possible. Yeah. You know, it's just, uh, you just have to get through it. You know, it's, uh, it's a tough thing, but you know, it, everything will, everything will get better. I, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that it will, um, you know, regardless of touring and music, I, you know, that's, well, musicians and creative people and artists will we will figure it out um with what we're given i mean it's more important that people are are happy and healthy and uh you know not dying out there you know so as soon as we can as soon as we can get back and tour safely we will and you know until then i don't know i'll build more cutouts with bring dicks on them you know <laughs> <laughs> but okay so the que- another question i have for you is outside of like what you've done for yourself during this whole entire shutdown time quarantine of the past six months of the pandemic's been a thing what has the band done overall to continue to grow and not lose any of the momentum that you guys had coming off of uh the motherboard album um we uh you know we we did some Her quarantine brain, session bad. uh we did uh, some quarantine videos. Um, so we were like, we did like the first half of the record um, and we edited it together. Um, we did some covers with, with some bands. Uh, we did one uh, with uh, the guys from Candlebox and Cold, um, which are some old friends of ours. Um, our singer, Brandon, he's a, uh, He's done some covers with uh, with uh, Charlie from Anthrax and uh, Dave Elfson from Megadeth, like all kinds of people. He's just he's been doing some of the some of the cover video stuff. Um, and yeah, we just we we started doing uh, like Zoom Zoom videos. We, we were calling it Live Dudes. We we did one with uh, with. Um, Corey Lowry, he rec- he uh, produced the last record, so we just sort of like we played we played the record and we talked about each song and how they came about, and uh, then we we did another live dudes with um, with Lejean from Seven Dust. Nice, um, just because we've we've known the Seven Dust guys for a while, and uh, you know, so we asked him to come on and just talk talk shit with us, and uh, you know we did that. We're I think we're gonna do another one with. Um, with sticks from steel panther uh but you know we we're doing those here and there but right now we're just uh we're just working on uh new new stuff new new songs new demos 
Um, so we're we're getting that A and R, the creative side, rolling for the next record because, you know, when everything comes back, we we want to be able to like, start looking at releasing something. So, and start looking at release something and also going on tour to back it up at the same time as well. Yeah, well, that's sort of we just want to have every, our, all our ducks in a row because you know as soon as we can, we're going to want to go back out and tour as soon as that's possible, and then. At that point, it may be harder to write on the road. So we're doing a lot of our writing now. I mean, regardless, we write all the time anyway. Like, that's one of our favorite things about being in a band, you know, is, is creating music. Um, so, you know, shit. We, you know, last record, I'd say we had 60 songs, you know, over a couple years of writing but i mean it was a it was a lot of stuff you know some of them will will be will see the light of day in the future or maybe not you know you always sort of write outright yourself you know that's the way i i like i think of it anyway you know it's like well there's a reason those songs didn't make the record and you'll always write something new that you like better you know for the most part yeah, and I know there's a lot of bands that kind of have that same mentality too, where it's just they're gonna you're gonna write a lot more songs and you're gonna use on a record because you get an idea, you want to see where it goes, and maybe if you get an idea, maybe it doesn't go the way you want it to go. Maybe you get some random idea. It's like okay, let's just explore this, and then you get something like Low Life to come out, and then all of a sudden it's like you know people are just you know losing their shit over it. Yeah, you know I think it's uh, it's a creative thing that uh, you know with with other people it's it's not it's not just you right like there's been many times i've written riffs or structures that i thought were awesome and then you know the other guys in the band don't hear it the same way as me and it's just not the dots aren't connecting and that's fine you know you just can't you can't be completely you know married to riffs and stuff um too much because you know if something's not clicking right away with your guys you just move on you know um that's sort of the beauty of it sometimes it does click and sometimes you just write something else yeah and when it does click it's just like that moment where you're just sitting there like oh yeah <laughs> yeah you get the dub i mean like, seriously <laughs> yeah sometimes and they're the usually the, the quickest songs like the easiest quickest songs are the ones that are are the best or or that you know connect with people the quickest too so you know sometimes you just can't overthink things yeah because i would put it this way you'd be surprised how many times all of a sudden i've interviewed bands where it's like they put out they're like one album which is their debut album and hearing the songs that they liked were always the songs that weren't the popular ones and the songs that i really connect with it was like oh that was the first one we ever wrote as a band i'm like wait 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 really <laughs> like yeah that was your first go at it it's okay you guys got something going on here holy shit like that's kind of the inter- yeah. like the whole energy that i have behind that so it does make a lot of sense plus one other thing i want to talk about when it comes to the um what you guys are doing with the live dudes things i think that's a great idea especially when you when it comes to bringing in other artists that you've worked with that you're friends with as well just because it's going to end up, you know, people from those fan bases are going to look and see like, like all you seven dust, for example, like they're going to see you guys hanging out with Lejean. They're going to say, Oh, I want to see what, like what the hell Lejean was doing here in terms of, you know, what kind of things are going on. And all of a sudden if you guys are having a great time. 
if they haven't heard of Crobot before, the first thing they're going to do is, is they're going to check out Crobot. I mean, that's going to be the first thing they do right after, like, watching that whole entire live dudes thing. Yeah, you know, they're, they're um, Seven Dust has been great to us, man. Like, they, they took us out on the road and stuff um, back in the day, and we've done a few tours with them, but, you know, the, uh, it's it means a lot having respect from them because they are a band who, who have built, you know, built their following on touring and, and being a really good live energetic band which is is what we are too you know we we pride ourselves on on our live show and like high energy playing the shit out of our songs you know and those guys are getting you know they're getting older but they are just as energetic as they ever have been and it is you know to this day like watching them it reminds me of when i was 15 years old, 14 years old, watching them in the, in the, in the crowd. It's like the same, you know, the same level of show for sure. So it's cool. Yeah. Cause I got to see them in May of 2019 and it was, I mean, compared to who else they had on there, they blew that show. It blew everyone else on that show out of the water. It was basically because of the energy that they had put into that show. Plus it's even better because all of a sudden they were playing and we were going absolutely crazy in the, in the, in the Eagles ballroom at the rave just and because we're on the top floor so everyone's hearing like you know if you're up if you're below us you're just hearing all this pounding on the floor so all of a sudden the the band that or the artist I was playing at the basement that night while we were leaving it was we were talking to their fans and they were like yeah every time like during a break of the song we just heard a bunch of like crashing upstairs and it was like was that just people like falling over each other like oh yeah we were just having a huge like mosh pit going it was awesome then we'd say whenever we stopped we could hear you guys as just the bass going like crazy. And all of a sudden we got, well, you know, that's what you get with a tech nine show. So I'm like, it was just the yeah. perfect comment. And I was kind of mad. I'm like, I wanted to see both of them, but I had to pick one or the other, but I'm like, I want to go see seven dust first. So I'm like, I'm going seven dust and yeah, yeah. it was worth it. <laughs> yeah. They, they'll never disappoint for sure. Um, and they're still putting out great records and they're still the nicest guys in the business. For sure. Hardest working, nicest guys. I was going to say hardest working is definitely a title that they deserve because of how yeah. much they tour, how, how how dedicated they are to that whole entire thing. And then coming out with the new album on, was it October 23rd? Yeah, they're coming out with the new album then. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out as well, just because again, it's seven us, you know, it's going to be, they're consistently good. It's just going to be depend upon kind of, especially from the singles right now, it's is it going to be good? Is it going to be great? What line is it going to line up on in comparison yeah. to all their other stuff? So that's what's going to be exciting about that. But if you're going to be taking a look at a band to really, I'm not going to be inspired by when it comes to, like when it comes to putting energy into your tours and kind of making the most out of your onstage experience, Seven Dust is a great band to get inspired by. Yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely uh, they, they've inspired me. Um, just how hard they work alone um you know bands like seven dust and clutch like two two of my favorite bands um they've toured and toured and toured and built a a, a very diehard fan base um which is which is important you know if you want to be a musician now it's about that you know it's about putting in those years of hard touring of not making a lot of money of just you know, putting your stuff out there and 
if if you're good, you'll rise to the top. I really do believe that. If you work hard and you're good at what you do, eventually people will will catch on to it. Well, especially it seems like after Mother Brain, you guys are really starting to taste some of that in in your own sense as well. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. You know, I mean, it's definitely uh, Low Life was was the was the biggest song we've had. Um, you know, Nowhere to Hide is. I think topped around 16 on the charts, uh, low life hit 10. So, I mean, it, it's, it, it's doing well. I think we just have to continue to just do it and put out stuff and, you know, try to stay true to ourselves and have fun and, you know, smile through the, the bullshit, you know, cause it's, you know, it's not, it's not always easy, you know, just like any other job. It, sometimes it gets a little tough or, you know, you're tired or, you you know, your wife's like, I want to buy a house. And you're like, but, but honey, I'm a musician. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, it, I think that's just you, you, uh, you bob and weave with the punches, man. And you just, you get, you get the shit done because it's what you love. And how I kind of look at that too is, is I have this certain mentality when I go to the gym as well. It's like, there's days where I just don't want to go, but I always think about it as those days where I'm tired, that I'm sore, that I'm beat up, that I don't want to go. Like, especially if I'm, if I go to a live show that I perform and I just get beat up in the pit and I'm like, Oh, I don't want to go do this. Those are the days I have to go because it's those days are going to be the ones that are the most important to make sure not only do I don't slip up that I keep going, that I, that keeps getting better. And I don't like lose a day kind of thing. Same thing with this, like all the podcasts and all the other stuff I do for this as well, where it's just, I don't want to miss out on a day. Even if I don't want to do something like all of a sudden say I got a podcast episode. It's like, okay, but I was up till 2am the night beforehand. Cause I was hanging out with a bunch of friends. And it's with a band that's from overseas, so I have to wake up and be ready by six in the morning. Yeah, it's not going to be fun, but I mean, once again, the call, I know I'm going to have this insane amount of energy, like, let's keep going, let's keep talking. So it's got to have the mentality of like, yeah, I'm not, I, at times I don't want to do it, but those are the times I have to do it. And it kind of seems like, yeah. especially with when it comes to growing as a band as well, you guys have that same mentality where, yeah, sometimes, you know, maybe you've been on the road for a, a long time and you just, getting tired towards these last couple of shows, but you know, you have to continue to give it your all for these shows because you never know one of these shows could all of a sudden just catch you at this right time where all of a sudden the certain amount of people are listening watching and they really get into your band. And all of a sudden it just starts growing from there. I mean, it can happen at any moment. So you always want to make sure you're at the ready and putting your best foot forward, no matter what. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're, uh, we're just, we're, we're lucky to just be able to play our own music and people like it. And that is, uh, you know, that's the coolest feeling in the world, you know, and uh, that's, that alone is, is enough to make you want to do it. It's like, regardless, like sometimes we would be on the road for two months at a time, you know, home two weeks, gone two months, you know, and when you do when you do that for like three years, four years, um, that will weed out a lot of people who love it or don't. You know, they'll they'll know real quick if if you don't love it because you know you you have to like because every other moment of the day, like of the no sleep of the driving all day or sleeping in a van or you know all that all that stuff 
over months and months gets really old. But if you, if you uh, really love that 45 minutes you get to play at night, then it's all worth it. You know what I mean? And, you know, I do, I, you know, that that's my, my favorite thing in the world is, is being able to play guitar fucking loud. It's like the coolest thing in the world since I was a kid, you know, and that's the way, you know, all my guys feel in, in the band. Like we're, we're definitely lifers, you know, regardless of anything, we will always do this. We will always play music in some capacity until we're dead. That's just the way, what's just how we are. And one thing to remember about that too is, is when you take a look at the bands that are, you know, the biggest in the world, like watching the, uh, last year watching uh, the Motley Crue movie on Netflix, like just seeing them traveling around, you know, in their own private jet kind of thing. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool and all. Like what, like point zero one percent of bands ever get a chance to do that? And yeah, it just, well, not now. Yeah, back yeah, in the day. Now. But not these days. It's just fucking that. That don't happen. <laughs> yeah, just the money. The money's not the the the, yeah. the market. The market shifted, and the money is not enough to make that happen. But basically, what I'm talking. But like you know, take a look at a band like Metallica with how like basically how they've gone and traveled and are able to do all these other things while and travel in you know I'll say this in more of a comfort kind of style instead of kind of sleeping like this you know the same kind of van over and over again. But where I'm going with that is is you look back at them in the eighties. I mean, they were doing the same kind of stuff. It's yeah. You it's, it's kind of like a rite of passage in a way. Yeah. You know, you just sort of, you just have to earn it to an extent. And it's like, that's the hardest thing for bands is just st- sticking around and continuing that level of, you know, releases and albums and records. And if you can just stick around and you're making good stuff, you know, eventually people, we'll we'll catch on to it hopefully you know and if not you know if you're still loving what you're making and that's that's the fun part is the pursuit of it right like if you're not having fun in in making the music and creating it then what's the point (laughs) yeah and one other aspect to add to that too is when it comes to say maybe you know it take does take a long time to it, you're not going to get noticed instantaneously where you're very rarely you're going to have uh like it's something like the fever 333 did where all of a sudden it was like they came out they came out strong and it was just something that everyone got really attached onto them right away because they had that it was basically like rage against the machine kind of came back and in like the late 2010s and a lot of people were missing that kind of sound so it was easy to gravitate towards that however that is anything far from the norm but when it comes down to it, a lot of bands over time, they're never going to reach that, you know, that super top tier echelon that they're trying to achieve. And it's like people are going to say, you know, potentially, you know, people, all oh, these people aren't successes because they didn't reach that top tier echelon. Not necessarily, because as I look at success is relative to happiness. If you're going out there touring consistently for your life, just on the road, but that's what you love and you love making music and you're doing what you love and you have no regrets going for, you have no regrets, you know, later on in life. Who's to say you weren't a success because you lived a happy life and you did what you wanted to do. Oh yeah. I mean, there, there are bands in our, in our world that I, I look at as the top tier of success and no one's ever heard of them, you know? So, um, and those bands get full, you know, every ounce of respect for me and, you know, people and my friends and people that I know. Um, but, to to middle america no one knows who they are but does it matter 
no, you know, because they they uh, earn a living for their families. They are creative and make phenomenal music, and they're fulfilled. And really, that's that's all you could ever ask for out, out of playing music. And you know, just as long as you you feel fulfilled at the end of the day, and you're happy, that's it's all that matters. I wouldn't say that just stands for musicians. All it stands for everybody. As long as if you feel fulfilled in what you're doing, then I mean, you pretty much you you succeeded in life. If if you're oh, happy yeah. with what you with what you're doing and what you did, hell yeah, you succeed. Are you kidding me? What? How how could you say you didn't? Agreed. Yeah, I, I, I but then of course right now it's just like. It's a trouble thing, troubling too, but it's been always been kind of troubling because everyone's kind of comparing themselves to one another. It's like, oh, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want what this other person has. Social media makes it so much worse, but if you just kind of focus in on what, okay, what's going to make you happy? What do you need to be happy? It might be like, for some people, it might be having that stable job that you make like $50,000 a year and you get like three weeks vacation, but you have your own house. You get to just kind of like go up north and go fishing every single time you want. You can go golfing a couple of times and just hang out with your family. If that's what you really want to do and that's what you do in life, hell yeah, you're a success as a musician. If you're just, if, if you want to just make sure that you're making music, touring, and enjoying life and also providing for your family at the same time too. And enjoying, you know, especially for on the male side, being a dad, if you're a mom, if you're a female, being a mom, if you're doing that, I'm you're, you're a complete success at that point. Yep. Absolutely. You can be going all like preach, like preaching on this one. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You, you know, sometimes, sometimes you need a little, uh, a feel good preach, you know? Sometimes I've, I've had to do that a good amount of times on uh, some of the Instagram live streams I do for the page is just because all of a sudden it's just people come in and all of a sudden like, okay, how's everyone doing today? It's like, oh, someone's having a real bad day. All right, let's see. What, why are you having a bad day kind of thing? All of a sudden, sorry, yeah. you see in the mess comments, all of a sudden someone starts posting like what's going on. All of a sudden I start getting a like full on like inspirational Kevin mode. And then the comments just start flowing through like in support of this person as well. Like also like inspirational comment mode. I'm like, oh man, this is awesome. But once I get going, it's just like, okay, the train's going and now I'm going to be, I could be going on this for the rest of the night if I wanted to. Um, unfortunately, I have 2% of my battery left. So I, if I, I don't know where a charger is, but if I lose you, that's why. I just want to let you know. Okay. If, if you quickly find a charge, that'd be awesome. Otherwise, we're probably going to have to end this right then and there just because... Uh, let me see. Um, yeah, shit, I don't have anywhere I could plug it in. Um, yeah, yeah, that's fine. We can. I mean, add a, we, we can do it. We can do it a part two sometime, man. Hell yeah, part two. That's awesome. <laughs> Sounds great to me. All right, because he's got two percent of his phone battery. We'll just end this at this moment with saying this. Everybody, please follow Curlbot on all places, social media-wise. Listen to their music, stream music. If you need to find anything in the podcast description, take a look at the description. Take a look at the YouTube video description. Everything's going to be there. All the links will be a one-stop shop. You are not going to have any excuse to like not watch this episode at all or get in their music at all. Everything you need is going to be right there. Merch, website, whatever you need. So please yeah. get in with Curlbot with their Dirty Groove Rock style, which is absolutely awesome, by the way. Please stream Motherbrain and get ready when more new music comes out from them. So, yeah, Chris, yeah. thank you very much for being on the podcast. And I'm going to, well, because it's part one, 
we're gonna do part two at some point so. yeah dude any any time man just just reach out and uh i'm totally down sorry i was a little late coming on today dude. it's it's okay but to end of part one well i can't say goodbye because it's part one i mean come on <laughs> can't end with a goodbye yeah. so let's end this one with a classic see you later peace out brother peace out well, well, folks, that was my interview with Chris of the band Crobot, and we talked a good amount about just kind of like theory when it comes to just when it comes like when it comes music and live shows and how they play them and just kind of the thought process behind everything with 2020 as well. But one thing we really didn't get into that much because we were having so much fun just talking about all the other stuff was we really didn't deep dive into their music like I normally do. And there is so much other fun stuff we could have talked about as well. So yeah, we're definitely doing a part two with this band. So expect part two with Crobot to come out, I would say sometime at the beginning of 2021. So assume I would say January. Yeah, that's going to be my idea. January, we'll do Crowbot once again. We'll talk to him. We'll have a great time once again. And yeah, please make sure you follow them and listen to them. Again, links for everything when it comes to trying to get in the know with Crowbot in the description of the YouTube video or anywhere for the podcast. Again, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio. So that's going to be for me today, guys. Thank you for watching and listening. Please make sure if this is your first time that you are subscribing to this podcast. If you are already subscribed, thank you very much because you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and the videos are on YouTube as well. Um, subscribe, comment, rate, please. It helps me out every step of the way, whatever it might be. So I want to thank you guys for listening to the Core Progression Podcast. Brett's Famous OTD rocks for Rock and Metal Thrive. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one of these episodes of the Big Healthy and Hardy. See ya!